Amen. Please be seated. Turn to Joshua chapter 9. I know sometimes I have to warn you, if you get excited when you see that we're only covering a couple of verses, don't, don't get too excited. Well, I need to warn you the other way today, because we're covering Joshua chapter 9, but don't worry, um, you'll be out before dinner. Easy. <laughs> got, You've got to be careful. Supper, I should say that, because some people, dinner could be the lunch or the evening meal. You'll, you'll be out before supper. Easy. What? You ever have you ever been in this place in life where, where you're just like you know what I just don't think I'm ever going to learn anybody there? Yeah, me and three three or four other people. I, I love reading scripture first of all because it's so interesting, but but also just because it it really kind of it, it it gives me just a, a little bit of comfort knowing that I'm not the only one who makes the same mistake over and over and over again. We've been talking about Joshua, and this is, this is Joshua as he leads the children of Israel into the promised land. And, and, and you, would think, you would think after 40 years in the wilderness learning how to trust God, you would think after God does this amazing thing with the Jordan and he dries up the Jordan, they go over on dry ground, you would think after God brings the walls down around the most fortified city in the land, Jericho, but by now they've got it. Any of you think that by now you should have it? Anybody? I, I, be careful, because just about the time you think that, that's when you have to learn that lesson again. And it seems that we're, we're that way with Joshua. I won't read the whole, uh, whole chapter 9 to you. But, but let me just kind of tell you the story. Let's kind of walk through. If you've got your Bibles open, you can kind of follow along as we go through the story. So, so, so they have just defeated the children of Israel. Joshua, after making a misstep with, the, with Ai and, and not consulting the Lord, then they consulted the Lord. They have just defeated Ai. And word, of their de- word that God is with them, Yahweh, the one true God, has spread throughout the land. People are trembling in fear because they know that God is with these people and God is doing some amazing things. So so I'll begin, chapter 9, verse 1. As soon as all the kings who are beyond the Jordan in the hill country and in the lowland all along the coast of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites and some other little ites, yeah, the mosquitoites. They heard of this, so so all the inhabitants of the land have heard what God has done to Jericho, to Ai, and they gathered together to fight as one against Joshua. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and the Ai, they, on their part, that is alone, separate from the others acted with cunning and went and made ready provisions and took worn-out sacks for their donkeys and wineskins and worn-out and torn and mended with worn-out patched sandals on their feet. They got dressed in their Sunday go-to-meeting clothes and their worn-out clothes, and they took provisions that looked old and it looked tattered and it looked just like they're about to fall apart. Here's what they're going to do. So they acted with cunning, the Bible says. And so they go to Joshua with with 
everything that they have all ragged, their provisions, you know, they've got dry, crumbly bread, and they've got wineskins that have worn out, all their clothes are worn out, they've the sandals, I don't know how you patch a sandal, but I guess you can, uh, with patch sandals, and they get there, and they come to Joshua, and they come to the leaders of Israel, and they say, we want to make a covenant with you. Now, Joshua had been told by the Lord not to make covenants of the inhabitants of the land that they were going to. In fact, you can go back. It's, it's in Deuteronomy. Uh, he tells them several times as they go through that they are not to make covenants with the inhabitants of the land because they are to go and basically wipe out all the inhabitants of the land. And so these people come. And Joshua and the other leaders are with them, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not supposed to make inhabitants or covenants with the inhabitants of the land. They say, no, 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 we're not, we're not from here. We, we, we came from so far. Look at our clothes. They were new when we left. You see these sandals? Right off of the rack. Well, maybe that's not what they use, but um, look, Look at the bread that we have. It was warm when we left, and see how it crumbles now. See these wineskins? They were brand new when we left. These clothes that are tattered and worn, these were new. We have come from a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> they have come from a far away land is what they're saying. And, and they play it up big. And Joshua and the elders are a little bit skeptical, but, but they decide to go ahead and make a covenant with them. Verse 14, look there if you would, Joshua chapter 9, verse 14. Here's what it says. So the men took some of their provisions, but did not ask counsel from the Lord. Wouldn't you have thought they would have learned that by now? Yeah, you know, we're not supposed to make covenants with the inhabitants of the land, and we're not quite, you know, hey, let's go ahead. And so they do. They, they, they make a covenant with them. And now, this is a story of God's grace and of God's mercy, even though there will be consequences down the road for others. They make a covenant with them. Then they find that they've been tricked. And they said, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> you told us that you come from a faraway land. Why would you do such? Now we've made a covenant with you. And, and they took their covenant very seriously because it was made with them before Yahweh, the one true God. We have now made a covenant with you. Why have you done this thing to us? And here's what they said. God is going to get his glory one way or the other. They said, we have heard what the Lord your God has done to Jericho. We have heard what the Lord your God has done to the inhabitants of Ai. We didn't want to be like them because we know that you are going to wipe out the inhabitants of the land. And then they did something that that kind of makes you have a little bit of sympathy for the Gibeonites. They said, we know, we know that we lied. This is a little paraphrase. So you do with us whatever you see fit. Now that's put, putting yourself in a position of subjection. Joshua 
honoring his covenant with them. And we're not going to kill you, <laughs> but basically we're going to make you pay for it. So they became woodcutters. Um, not in the, never mind, I won't get into forest politics. Um, so they made them woodcutters. They made them workers and carvers of wood. And he said, you're going to go where I tell you to go, and you're going to do what I tell you to do. And you know what? It seems, by all accounts, they were perfectly fine with that. I guess better to be a woodcarver and alive than be a prince and be dead. And, and, and we, we look at this story, and, and let, let, me just, let me just back up j- just a moment. If you'll remember where we left off last week, chapter 8. Beginning in verse 30, I won't read it all to you, but Joshua renewed the covenant that they had with God. And you remember he took all the words, all the commands that Moses had written, and Joshua carved them on stone for all the people to see, and then he read them every single word. Verse 34, afterward, after he carved all that, he read the words of the law, the blessing and the curse, according to all that is written in the book of the law, there was not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read before the assembly of Israel. That's the verse right before, as soon as, in chapter 9, verse 1. And we may never know the answer to this question, but I have to ask, Why didn't he ask first? Why didn't he ask? Why didn't he seek the counsel of the Lord? Verse verse 14 says they didn't ask counsel from the Lord. Why didn't he do that? Well, there there are a couple of things in here that we may not know the, the answer that. Was it pride? Maybe. I don't know. That happened to him with AI, remember, they said, hey, we don't even need to take all the fighting men, just two or 3,000, that's all. They didn't consult God. They were defeated. But, but here's what we know. Somehow, however they got here, here's, here's where we know that they are. That they were deceived. They, they didn't ask God, and, and they were deceived, these people came and, and they tricked them. You ever you ever felt deceived? You ever felt tricked? Somebody led you somewhere you didn't want to go, and all of a sudden you're there, and you're like, "How did how did that happen?" <laughs> and we also know that they were gullible. Now you could use another word. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know which word will not offend you, but gullible. They were naive. Uh, another word for naive in the Old Testament is simple. That sounds really hurtful, doesn't it? <laughs> you simple person. <laughs> they were just gullible. They bought it. And, and I don't know about you, but, but I look and I think, how, why didn't they ask? Why didn't they, why didn't they just go to God and say, all right, Lord, we're not quite sure what to do here. We, we want to honor you. We don't want to make covenants with the inhabitants of the land. We're not quite sure about these guys, but they kind of look like they might be from somewhere else. God, what do you say? 
Have you ever have you ever done something? Have you ever made a decision and then later you're like, mm. why, why didn't I just ask? It wasn't very long before they found out the truth. Why didn't they just ask first? And because of that, they were deceived and and they were gullible. They were willing to to buy the lies from these Gibeonites. I love it. This almost sounds uh, the the head. I don't know if your Bible has titles. Uh, in there. This this sounds like it ought to be a great movie. Are you ready? Coming soon to a theater near you, The Gibeonite Deception. And yet, that's what happened. That's where they found themselves. And and I don't want to be that way. And yet, too often, we buy the lies from the world. Do you realize that? I mentioned one just, just a few weeks ago, this idea when your kid turns 18, whoop, hands off, can't tell them what to do. It's almost as if we, we say, oh, I can't be their parent anymore. That's not biblical. Another one is that, that, that I can't have influence in my children's lives once they're grown and married and have children. That, that's not biblical. In fact, I'll remind some of you grown children, <laughs> I'm talking to me too, that it was to us it was written, honor your mother and your father. I mean, that, that relationship goes till death. Yet we, we buy these things from the world that we're, we're so inundated. The, the world tells us this day in and day out. It's getting to where I, I, I might have told you a, a while back that that, that I've just, this is my own personal commitment, that, that when I'm watching a TV show, that when it's, when it's pushing the world's agenda, and we see that more and more, that I won't watch it anymore, um, I think I'm going to have to go back to Bugs Bunny. I, I don't know. But it's, it's everywhere. It's all the time. It's over and over and over and over and over that we get this. And if we're not careful... We're going to find ourselves the same place that they found themselves, that we're going to be deceived and we're going to be gullible. We're just going to buy the lie. So I don't want to be that way. I want to see everything through the lens of Scripture. I, I, I want to know the mind of God in things when, when they come up, whether it's something I see in an advertisement, whether it's something that someone says to me, or whether it's a teaching that I hear from somewhere else. I want to know the mind of God there we should be, as believers, we should be discerning. And, and let me tell you, this is just my little definition of discerning. Seeing things as they are. I, I want to see things as they are. I don't I want to be deceived. The idea that I get be, behind being deceived is, is, is they, they put this facade or this veil up, and I don't really get to see things the way they are. The people of Israel... Joshua and the leaders, these people came to him and, 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 and they looked like they might have come from a long ways away. Yeah, who's going to go traveling in those kind of clothes? Who's going who's gonna to go around? If they're from around here, why are their sandals worn out? Why are their wineskins old? Why are they going around with bread that's all crumbly? I don't know why it wasn't moldy. That happens all the time up here, but but, but, but it's as if there, there's this veil, there's this cover that keeps you from seeing things the way that they are. They were deceived. I want us to be discerning. In fact, 
I want us to know the mind of God so well through his word that whenever we hear a teaching that's contrary to the word of God, that immediately you say, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. Whenever there's a situation that's presented or something that's taught, you say, that's not quite right. I do this all the time, and maybe I say it a little too quickly. Sometimes people don't think I give it any thought, but they'll say something like, and I've mentioned this to you before, where in the Bible, now I know it says it somewhere, where in the Bible does it say that God helps those who help themselves? And I say it doesn't. And they're like, what? But, but I've heard that my whole life. Yep, it's not in the Bible. And you know what they always ask me? How do you know? Because I read it. And not only that, I'm not pretending like I have the Bible memorized. But I know the principles that are taught here. And see, here's a problem with the idea that God helps those who help themselves. It goes against so many scriptures. In Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. At the right time, Christ died for the helpless. God doesn't help those who help themselves. He helped those who can't help themselves. And, and whenever someone, people ask me all the time, so where in the Bible does it say? I said, it doesn't say that. How do you know? Because... I know what it says. Now, now you can stump me occasionally. Was it the third or fourth day that Samson drank milk from the goat? I don't know. I just made that up, by the way. I don't even know if that's in there. So, so you can stump me with some details. But what the Bible teaches, we need to know. We need to know it so well that, that whenever things are presented to us from the world, that we're not deceived. And, and listen... Just because somebody claims to be a Christian and claims to be teaching what the Bible says, we don't need to be gullible. We need to be wise. We need to be discerning, able to tell the truth from a lie, able to see things as they are. But more than that, we need to be wise. Here's, here's my little definition for wisdom. Wisdom is knowing the right thing to do and doing it. Have, have you ever... I used to say this, I hope I'm past this point by now, but but I used to say I'm old enough to know better but young enough to do it anyways. Have you been there, anybody? You might have kids that are still there. Sometimes you might feel like you're still there. I know, I know, but I'm going to eat that chili anyways at 11 o'clock at night, you know. Man, that's good stuff. I know, I know, but I'm going to do it anyway. I I want to be past that. I want to be wise. You see, the fool knows the difference, but he doesn't care. I want to be like him. I want to be wise. I want to know the, I want to know the right thing to do, but then have the courage and the boldness to go ahead and do it. That's where I want to be. I love it. In, in Kings, you guys know the story. Solomon is now taking over the kingdom for his father, David, and, and, and David left the kingdom in good shape. In fact, in Solomon's reign, it was probably the wealthiest Israel has ever been, maybe even the wealthiest nation ever on earth. Enormous wealth. Solomon has this, as a young boy, 
The throne is, is now his, and God says, ask me what you will, and I'll do it. Don't you wish, right? <laughs> and y'all know the story. He asked basically for, for wisdom. Let me just read it to you, verse 9. Here's Solomon's response. This is 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this, your great people? And it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, Because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or for the life of your enemies, God, you know, sometimes we want to pray this, God, would you just smite my enemies, just kill them all? But you have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, now I do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind. Some translations read heart, wise and discerning heart, so that none like you has been before you and none shall arise after you. That's what I want. (laughs) I I want a discerning mind and wise heart. I want a discerning and wise mind. I, I don't want to be one of those people that, that, that people look at me and what I do and they say, boy, do you think you'll ever learn? I feel that way sometimes about me, but I, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to have to keep going to the school of hard knocks over and over and over. I just want to like graduate, you know. I just, I just want to be done with that. I, I, I want to be able to see things as they are, and, and I want to be able to not only know what's right, but to do those. I want those things to mark me as a pastor, as a husband, as a dad, as a friend. I want to be that way. There's one more little note before we we get to the end here that that I just want to make. As much as we want to knock Joshua around for not asking first, and I do, when I get to heaven, if I still care, I probably won't, I'm going to say, Joshua, what were you thinking? Why didn't you ask? All you had to do was ask. I probably won't care, and who knows? but I am impressed with the way that he handled himself afterwards. Because you see, in everything we do, we need to have integrity. We say we're Christians. We say we're followers of Jesus Christ. They know that we go to this church called First Baptist Church, Cloudcroft. And in everything we do, we need to have integrity. Look back. First of all, I want always to seek to do the right thing. I want to ask first. I I just want that to be me. I want to be wise. I want to be discerning. I want to say, God, what do you think? Lord, what should I do? God, direct my heart. God, direct my mind. Lord, put my feet on the path that you want them to be. God, keep me out of not only harm's way, but keep me out of temptation. I, I want to seek to do what's right always, always, always. But when I get it wrong, (laughs) I want to own it and deal with it. That's exactly what Joshua did. You know, the people, because they 
because they didn't kill the Gibeonites. The, the people murmured against them. I know, I know, that never happens in the U.S. that we murmur against our leaders, but, you know, this was Israel. They murmured against them. And they kind of offered an excuse, but not so much. They basically said, hey, look, we didn't know. And we have a covenant with them, and we have to honor that covenant even though it was going to cause problems for them down the road for the nation of Israel. Now, now he didn't, he, he kind of, they got themselves some good wood carvers, I bet you. <laughs> some wood cutters out of all this. But, but they owned it. They said, yeah, we made a covenant with them. We shouldn't have, but we did. And we have to honor that, even though later it would cost them. How do we keep from getting to where they were to start with? How, how do we keep from being deceived and being gullible and 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 just kind of buying into to what the world says? Well, we need to ask first, and and not only that, but I think we need to ask often. There's a, a pastor that that I, I like to, to hear. I'd love to say he's my buddy, but he has no clue who I am. It's Andy Stanley. Um, actually been to North Point Community Church. And, and, and he said this, I heard this in a message several years ago. I don't know when he said it originally, but, but he said, you know, my, my family and I have learned to pray this prayer. So let me give you just a really good prayer. I'm not into memorizing prayers and stuff, but this is a good prayer. You put it in, in your own words, but this is a good thing to pray every single day. Here's what he said. Heavenly Father, help me to see trouble coming long before it gets here. So help me to see trouble coming from a long ways off. If, if only Joshua and, and the leaders of Israel had, had been praying that prayer, I think when those people came, they would have said, oh, there's trouble. There's trouble. Then give me the wisdom to know what to do, but not just stop there and the courage to do it. Let me say that all together for you. It's in your, your notes. Heavenly Father, help me to see trouble coming long before it gets here. Then give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. What would it be for us if we prayed that prayer every day? Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be a great way to start your day? That shouldn't be your only prayer, but wouldn't that be a great way to start the day? God, could you help me see trouble? Lord, for, for me and my family... Could you help us to see trouble coming from a long ways off? Don't let it sneak up on us, but help us to see this coming from a long ways off. Then, then Lord, would you give us the wisdom to know what to do and then the courage to do it? What if you prayed that about your finances? What if you prayed that for your family? Parents, I know I'm talking to grandparents, and I know many of you are great. You tell me you're great grandparents. I know you are. Whether you've got kids and in great grand or great, anyways. What if, what if for your family, Lord, would you help me to see trouble coming from a long ways off?
sometimes sometimes he does that for us and he he actually uses other people and we just don't listen but god would you help me to see it early on in a relationship this 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 isn't this isn't going somewhere good early on in a business deal early on as you're as you're exploring where to live or where to go or or things that 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 you need to be doing and and extend that to your family god would would you just help me see that and you help me see trouble from a long ways off and god not only that because sometimes we see it coming and it's like a train and we don't feel like we can stop it but god would you give me the wisdom to know what to do in that situation any of you ever been there? I, I throw parenting out there because that's got to be like the hardest thing in the world we can do. Grandparenting, the way you describe it, is easy. All you got to do is spoil the kids and send them back. But I think there might be more to it, uh, according to the Bible, than that. Would you give me the wisdom to know what to do? God, they're pulling away, and I don't want them to. Would you give me wisdom? to know what to do. Lord, they're heading down a path, and I've talked with them, and they just don't seem to be listening. Lord, would you give me wisdom to know what to do? For some of you, it's financial. Lord, I looked at the stock market. No, I'm kidding. God, with my finances. Lord, I, I, man, I, I know that's coming. Would you give me wisdom to know what to do? God, in this, this situation, I, I know it's going to come to a head. Would you give me the wisdom to know what to do? And don't forget to pray the last part. Because sometimes we know what to do. But man, is it going to be hard to do it. God, if I do that, they're going to get mad. Lord, if I, if I do that, what if? See, that's the part where we got to trust him. God, help me to see trouble coming from a long ways off. Give me the wisdom to know what to do. And God, would you give me the courage to do it and trust you with the results. I think, I think if we ask first, we're going to be better off. I think if we ask first, our families are going to be better off. If we pray a prayer like this, proactive, I think our church is going to be better off. Can you imagine if all of us here Prayed this every single day. Lord, give me, help me to see trouble coming from a long ways off and give me the wisdom to know what to do. And God, give me the courage to do it. I, I think, I think our nation would be better off. But it starts with us. And it starts today. Let's pray. God, it's easy it's easy for me to look at Joshua and say, how can he be so stupid? How can he, right after 
right after he renews his covenant with you, right after he writes all of the words of the commands that Moses had given him on stone for everyone else, and then right after he reads every single one of those words, how can he not go to you for counsel whenever the Gibeonites come? How did he miss that? How did he get there? God, we can, we can be really hard on Joshua. But the truth is, we find ourselves there way too many times. So, Father, would you, would you do something in our hearts today? Lord, I, I know that, that this, this example of a prayer that Andy Stanley has prayed is, is just that. God, would you, would you help us to, to pray a prayer like that every day? The Lord, before our feet hit the ground, that we come to you. God, would you help me to see trouble coming long before it gets here? Don't let it sneak up on me. Don't let this world press in on me. And, and Could you just help me see it? Could you give me discernment? Help me to see things as they are. Help me to see trouble coming from a long ways off. And God, would you give me the wisdom to know what to do? God, so many times we're just at a loss. We just need your wisdom. You tell us in your word that if anyone lacks wisdom, just ask and you'll give it. So God, we're asking. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd remind us to ask every single day. Give us the wisdom to know what to do. And then, God, because we're feeble, we're faint-hearted many times, would you give us the courage to do what you say? Give us the wisdom to know what to do, and then give us the courage to do it. God, would you change us from the inside out? Would you, would you just do something in our hearts by your spirit so that we turn to you first, that we ask first? And God, if there's anyone here who, who's never begun in relationship with you, Lord, Holy Spirit, draw them to you. Help them to see their great need for Christ because of their sin and then the provision that you made through the cross, that you made the one who knew no sin to become sin, so that we could become your righteousness in him. Draw us to you today, Lord. Take away whatever thing hinders us, whatever obstacles there may be. Anything that would keep us from being obedient to you, God, would you just remove those? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.